0: Welcome to the Intern Whisper Live, the show all about internships and how to survive them. This is Matt. This is Abby.
1: This is Isabella.
0: Our hashtag for tonight's show is Blue Liger Productions. If you want to win a coloring book, an autographed box of crayons by our producer interns, me and Abby. Tonight, our show features Chris Coniglio, Coniglio.
1: Coniglio,
0: Coniglio. who is an event manager and owner of Blue Liger Productions and is joining us via Skype. Reminder, listeners, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook Live Chat.
2: All right, guys. Coming up this episode of the Intern Whisperer Live, event management industry, Chris's background experience with Disney and creative firms, her interest in flying, hashtag what I learned stories, great leaders that inspire us, employer for change promotion, and motivational Monday topics.
1: So how can people find us on our social sites, Pivot Business Consulting, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube? Intern Pursuit, if you go to www.internpursuit.tech, I have to make sure everybody knows that it's .tech now, you can find us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Right, guys? They can find us on YouTube now? Excellent. Yes, they, yes, He's shaking his head yes, so I'm going the answer yes. All right. <laughs> um, Interim Pursuit Game is on Facebook and Twitter, and you can listen to us live on MixLR.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow the Interim whisper. And, again, watch us live on Facebook, Interim Pursuit. And you can call us live on the air. Chris, do me a favor. If your sons are home, please mm-hmm. go and ask one of them to call this phone number while we're on the air Just so we can have the phone ring while we're here and have them ask you a question. Something really relevant, not just like, hey, what's for dinner, Mom? (laughs) So (laughs) if they're around, if they're not, forget it. No worries. Okay. So phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through the Intern Pursuits Facebook live chat. And oh, my gosh. Any home sweet home is that? Whose mother my is that? That is That's my grandmother. Sh- that is Abby's grandmother. Oh,
2: Aww. that is so sweet. I think this is the first time she has to No, win. she was on it last week. Oh, was she?
1: Yes, she was, because I did oh. not recognize this, and I meant to ask, who is this? So your grandmother was on last week, and she is oh, on this week.
2: That is so sweet. Thank you for being here, Grandma. Love you. The ammo.
1: Yes. Okay, <laughs> so... All right. We're going into our sponsor announcement.
2: All right. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our first sponsor, Omnimodal. Omnimodal believes smart cities and public transit services are the backbone to equitable shared mobility today and into the future. Omnimodal works with smart cities to connect all commuters across modes of tra- transportation to the mobility as a service marketplace. You can visit them at their website at omnimodal.io. I'm going to spell that out for you guys. That's O-M-N-I-M-O-D-A-L. Thank you, OmniModal, for sponsoring the Intern Whisper Live.
1: So, tonight's guest is Chris Caneglio, who I had a hard time saying her name. I met Chris a year ago. She is an event manager and she runs a tight ship when it comes to event management, managing events. She is super. She is an independent contractor and she owns Blue Liger Productions. So, Chris and I met at TEDx Orlando Women a year ago, around this time, it was in November, and it was just like an instant friendship. But she's also been somebody that has Um, used intern support and learned a lot about working with interns, whether it's with the TED events that we've worked together on or something that would be with her own company. So welcome, Chris. Really glad that you're here tonight.
3: Great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: And I also want to add, she is the number one mentor for the students that are learning event management. So I figured that they're learning from the best. So I'm really happy about that, too. So, these are your questions. So, go ahead and kick us off here, Matt. Matt.
0: All right. How would you describe your profession?
1: Well, okay. Okay. Well, being an event manager is
3: a multifaceted, multi multi project process. It deals with working with vendors, people, Mm. creativity, and creating something that a show producer can create in their mind's eye that has never been before before or has trying to be recreated and that's what i do is i make all the magic happen that the producers create in their mind or want to happen on show site
0: so you get to do all the work
3: yes
2: (laughs) pretty
0: much much. (laughs) so it says cmp in your title what does cmp mean
3: cmp means certified meeting planner and what that is is a certification um it's it's a good year-long study of basically the things that we do do as event planners, but there is the uh, Certified Meeting Planner Association where you get your certification so that it kind of reins in and we're all learning from the same parameters. Even though I've been in the business for, golly, 15 years before I took my certification, it's just one more rating to say, hey, you take this seriously and you're a serious professional.
1: Oh, wow. Is there a
3: test with that? absolutely 160 questions in two hours
2: wow Oh, it's time pretty big test yep mm-hmm.
1: wow so um how long does it take to study for that that or do you study for it or is it actually like hands-on experience kind of like that's how you would know how to answer those questions
3: it, it is studying from a book because obviously like anything, any kind of career, mm-hmm. your work experience overshadows what's in the book. But the book is the basics, which is the foundation for everybody to get their certification from. So sometimes you have to unlearn what you know out in the field to remember what is being tested on, which was actually the hardest part of the test going, that's not what I did on the show last week on Show Site in Vegas. But this is what they're testing on as the as the standard.
1: Hmm. You know, I know that other uh, professions require that um, that people be certified to um, come in and work with them. Mm-hmm. The, do the, does that certification actually help you with being able to get a job uh, or a contract with a client? Absolutely, it sets you apart more so because the
3: employer, the producer, the company that is looking at you goes uh, you've took the time to do this test to study. It takes you above, uh, the average pool of event manager. That's what they look at.
1: Mm, interesting. So like I used to be a public classroom teacher and I had to get certified to be able, mm-hmm. uh, or licensed to be able to teach in the public classrooms. And it wasn't the same for private classrooms, but, um, it's, It's not a license, so it's not absolutely required. It's something that's optional.
3: Mm -hmm. It's just that extra notch to show how much you're invested in your career and value what you you do to help the associations make a standard across
1: um, globally, actually. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So what industries do you work in then? I work
3: in a couple industries. The basis is live events, special events, um, meetings. That's kind of one big pool, but that can range from 30 people, 300, 3,000, 30,000 plus, depending on what it is, whether you're doing a live event, something for television. I've uh, co-produced animated shorts, uh, feature film, commercials, television, a little bit of everything.
0: Do you have a preference among any of those, or is it everything just a new adventure?
3: Uh, Yes and yes. Everything's a new adventure, but live event is my favorite Mm. because there's no, it's not like film and television where you can cut, reset, um, you you go. You have to fly on it. You have to make decisions off the seat of your pants, and things do go wrong, or it's life. Things happen, and that's what makes it so much fun.
1: Yeah, there's no do-overs. No, right.
2: Right. it's on the spot just like this we're doing this show
1: live right now oh and there's don hi don please wave and tell don hi um don is awesome he's over there in jacksonville
2: he always sends in he He does (laughs) he's our number one fan
1: yeah he well that is true it used to be um uh aunt uh, Darlene, but now we have a new fan, and it is Don, so oh well welcome Don cool. thank you yeah he 's in Jacksonville, great, yeah, okay, so the next thing, moving on over here, I have to find my place in here. Um, <laughs> what should students know about the event management industry because that 's a I think a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, they learn all of this stuff in school and then it's applying it in real application. And I've been asking them, so what have you learned that you didn't know from the classroom and the list is lengthy, but what do you think?
3: The biggest thing is hustle communication, which is verbal and written. Both of those are key for what, um, they need to learn. And believe it or not, some people have a hard time hand in hand, uh, One's better than the written, then the verbal, but it's both for documentation. And I'd say the A number one is hustle and next to being prepared for anything that can and will happen, will happen.
1: Oh, yeah. I was thinking you were going to say organizational skills because, to me, being organized is the one that makes sure that something Mm -hmm. runs without any problems Um, we were having that as a discussion before the show even started. And I go, you know, one of the things that I like is when somebody can take something off my shoulders so I don't have to even (laughs) worry about it. Right. But I, that's serious. I mean, I don't know if if anybody, I mean, if you think about it, that's what your mother does probably, you know, your mother is somebody that's always taking care, right? Of us, making sure that our clothes are clean and our, our food is prepared and, you know, we get places, they remind us stuff. That's probably the ultimate event management person <laughs> when you think about it. But that's, to me, like what event management is, is they make sure all of the details are taken care of.
3: Right. That is that is one of the top priorities as well. But believe it or not, you can teach somebody to be organized, but you teaching someone to hustle is, a, is completely different. So define
1: Ooh. that. How what fun? does that
3: mean? Hustle is for example, you're on show site, you finish a meeting, everybody has their tax, and it's like a football game. Break go, everybody goes and divides. You've got those that will walk and mander, knowing that the door is open in five minutes, or you've got those that will um have a have a spirit to their step, liveliness as opposed to yeah, I'm just here for another day um it just takes it's a tentative, it's a little bit of everything of the hustle but you know it's somebody who's fully focused on the event and not I'm just here.
1: You know, yeah. I get what you're saying. I right. really do because um it's they're listening to like little details on how Ooh. to make something better. They actually make it better. Um, very high attention to detail, and I think very organized. Yeah, and I've heard mm-hmm. that
0: a lot in film school. Is like on film sets and stuff. They always want you to walk with purpose. Don't just mm-hmm. meander. Don't yeah. f- right. Be standing you know, mm-hmm. in a corner. You know, always be do, going to do something. Yeah, you Look to you got to stay, act, you you gotta can
2: stay can active. Yes.
1: I agree. So one of the things that I say to everybody that's down at Starter Studio, I said, "See this blue recycle bin. Um, pay attention." The thing that was so outstanding about Ty and Chris knows Ty is mm-hmm. that I didn't have to tell him what to do. He sat and he went, "What needs to be done?" and he would take every day he came in he recyc- he took the recycling bin that was always full, and nobody would remember to dump it. He made sure he dumped it out. I've got to get him on this show, and then yes. he, I know <laughs> he was so good. Um, and he would make sure that he would size all the chairs down so they would fit underneath the table and lower the arms. The, nobody had to tell him what to do. He just he looked around and went, "What has to be done?" He took right. initiative. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, initiative! To me, that's I guess the definition of hustle is initiative. Taking the initiative. Mm-hmm. I think those go hand in hand. Whether you have to yeah. or not, yeah, yeah,
3: it's right.
2: Choosing to take that initiative.
1: Yep. So um, that's really interesting. And I agree with you. That's the person that always wants to solve the problems. Right. right. So um, we're All going right. back to you, you guys. I'm well, going to turn um, it over.
2: You have a long history of working with Walt Disney World. Uh, can you tell our listeners what that was like? Yes,
3: early on in my career, that's the foundation of how I work. And of course, when everybody thinks about Disney, it's pure customer service
1: um,
3: and working well with the guests and the vendors. And that was one of the most amazing training grounds you could ever have to start with. I started as a technician for the Dick Tracy show way long ago at the MGM studios and worked my way up to convention management um, and worked for uh, resort Entertainment Productions, Disney Business Productions, and then finally at a Walt Disney Creative Entertainment on some of their larger uh, press events. It was one of the best training spots you could ever have.
1: So, one of the that's things a, that's that a
0: really big scale for training. It is. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: yes. I think that the best takeaway, you know, like when people ask me, what would I tell students? about getting a job. I said now somebody's paying you to learn. So learn everything that you can. That that's what your I think the perspective should be. It's not that you're getting paid to do the work, that's true, but you're also getting paid to learn. And why would you why would you not take advantage of that? You should absolutely right. do that. So to me, this is the best opportunity in, in that area. Um, But I I don't think that that's the mindset of most people. What do you think, Chris? Do you think most people go into a job and go, okay, I'm going to do the job, or do you think they go in and they, they actually do more than that? I've
3: seen, believe it or not, people are, are pretty happy just sitting and staying and doing their 20, 30 years, which is nothing there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever because of that security that comes with it. Being in the event business means – takes a special kind of person, special kind of animal um, to be able to take lots of jumps and risks. Uh, some of them pay off. Some of them don't. Um, but to do the bigger shows, the bigger experiences, you've gotta, you've got to jump. Mm-hmm. And take that that risk, which means a lot of the time, not a full-time job. Uh, thus, you see, I'm an independent contractor where I can come and go a, on different size events and just loving every minute of it.
1: So do you, um, is that how you stand out in this industry is by making sure that you're paying attention to those details?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one of the big trends you see in companies, yes, they have uh, their standard staff, but a lot of companies, obviously, everybody knows about healthcare, care, uh, the overhead. Companies are trying to cut back on their internal costs, but yet not uh, cut back on their workforce. So they have, uh, they use contractors, which makes sense as your projects ramp up because some like entertainment, it's seasonal in the convention business. Mm-hmm. It's like a school year. It'll ramp up. And you'll need um, hundreds and hundreds of people, and then you get to November and December, and you need a hundred people. It just kind of goes down. So it's that that give and take, and you just you really could be on on your budget, on the lookout, and constantly networking. It's not for everybody. It really isn't, but it's a whole lot of fun. Hmm.
0: I wanted to go back to Disney. I I, I really love Disney. Sure. I go all the time. What what is working at Disney different than working at other companies? Is there something that sets it apart?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Number one is you guys have probably heard their traditions, which is uh, known everywhere else as orientation. I think one of the biggest things I picked up to this day, one of the three days of orientation, you go around in the park as a group and it became a game to who could find trash that had to be picked up off the floor and put in the trash can <laughs> and every manager takes that responsibility no matter you know how high up in your company it is you take pride in your workplace which again you can't teach people to take pride in what they do and i'll, I'll take that full circle as i was training up my nephew um on one of the press events we were doing we were going around the room i was doing the last check and there was a chair out of place just kind of skewed and pulled out and i went in and just kind of put it back in place a couple years later, he came to me. He said, Aunt Chris, I noticed and picked up from you. You went through that room with a calm eye and you fixed that. That chair, it didn't matter if it was out of place. But your eye, which came from Disney training, is everything has to be just right before the client walks through.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I expect that from them. So that makes mm-hmm. sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I I agree. And sometimes like... Um, I've said something to like another person down, at a previous intern, and say, "Hey, um, this ice chest is out. Please, you know, go and put it back." But it's like sitting in the hall, and it's right next to the storage room. And I went, "Huh. I wonder how long it's going to take that person to <laughs> notice it." And I've seen people just walk all. By mm-hmm. all, you know, all of the staff walk by, and I go, okay, I can't stand it any longer. It's been two hours. I'm going to go right. put it away. <laughs> and So I put it away, but I went, you know, that's not that's not my job. But uh, you know, it's one of those compulsive things. I think I'm more OCD, honestly, right? Probably. Oh, yeah, so It, it, said it just right. goes back to the, <laughs> yeah. you
2: know taking initiative. Yeah, the little yeah. things matter, and right? Yeah. I think right, it exactly. speaks volumes of somebody that acknowledges the fact that little details matter, like yeah. that chair you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Didn't really make any difference, but you took that initiative and made it better. Well, it's also that speaks a, volumes. Like it's, it's also
0: like, a humbleness you that you don't see once you hit a certain point in your career that some people would go. Well, I'm not the person who moves the right, chair yeah. after you spend. Exactly. I'm not the person who, who closes the ice chest and refills it and such.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. All right, so moving on, I. Paying attention, I want to make sure because we have some fun <laughs> topics coming up here. You, you did sure. good research on uh, her background, Matt. Yeah. So, comp- compliments to you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So, um, what's next?
0: So, how have all your past career paths influenced where you are now?
1: Oh, but I, it's okay. not in our notes. But I want to add that Olympic conversation that we had earlier.
0: So oh, well, keep this one. Okay, well, that's a, that's part that's past career. Path. Yeah,
3: there
1: we go. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. It, it kind of segues ways into that something that um, I did again many years ago. I worked on the opening and closing uh, ceremonies for uh, the World Expo over in Seoul, Korea, and I was working for a producer here locally, but he had contracted in the Rocket Belt team that was here locally. And my job, one of the biggest things was to make sure that they got transported over there to Korea. And you can imagine all the different things with customs, getting a apparatus, a flying unit like the rocket belt over there, plus the hydrogen peroxide that had to be shipped over because it could not be flown because of the type of liquid it is, um, combustion. Long story short… I became endeared with the family, um, the Gibsons, who own the company, the Rocket, uh, Rocket Man Belt. And Sherry, to this day, she and I are still dear friends and her daughter and her son. Um, you meet people and you make bonds on these shows that, uh, a small, to me, a small byproduct are future shows with them. But the biggest joy of this and doing different events with different people and different paths are the friendships that last a lifetime. That is the biggest reward I have gotten in this, in this career.
1: That wow. sounds like a really nice wow. Disney response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that was not a Disney response. No, but it sounds really, really nice. <laughs> All right. I liked it. Oh, that's cool. So um, Olympics.
2: Right. Tell yes. us a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. Um,
3: again, same producer I was working on. With the Olympic opening, Olympic festival opening and closing ceremonies in San Antonio, Texas. Again, just being in the right spot, the right time, willing to take a jump. That was actually the first time I left Disney, my full time job at Disney, and I took a leap of faith and I went to contract with somebody I didn't even know. I got references. Actually, believe it or not, my mentor called me and said, hey, there is a producer, a former Disney person, who is now doing this in Korea. I think it would be wonderful. And if my mentor recommended it, then absolutely I considered it. And three days later, I was uh, on a plane.
1: Wow. Did you have to have shots for that? <laughs> like, um, was that for when Korea, people had no, to get shots? No, not back then. See? <laughs> yeah. I'm
3: sorry, I what think, did you say? Not back then. I think that's more for South Africa. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. it's
0: South Korea. Uh, hey,
1: Isabella,
2: think. sorry to interrupt. We did lose some light from the uh, hallway. It's a little bit dark.
1: It right? is. Yeah, you want me to just turn on the
2: lights? I think so. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. a good call. <laughs> sorry yeah. about that. The, uh, the lights go out in the um, hallway outside, and so the bright. lights are going to come on here yeah. inside in a in a just a minute shock. on Facebook. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we lost, uh, I don't know why. They just went off. It's because
1: nobody's walking down the hallway. Oh. There's not been anybody in the hallway. Let there be lights. There we are. And now we're back with lights.
0: Sorry about that, folks. That's okay. Now I can see our hideous faces. (laughs) No. (laughs) Just self deprecation, humor.
1: No, (laughs) we don't have that. None of that. Okay, we're We're all gorgeous. Positivity. We are awesome faces here. Yeah. All beautiful. That is true. We're beautiful. Okay, well, handsome whatever yeah. okay, so Chris, you've been working with me and interns um what have you learned from interns that you think has has uh been eye opening or something that you didn't know what did, what have you learned?
3: I think the biggest thing is realizing uh how much I take for granted that I do know and do automatically, and I don't mean that self-centered, but when you're doing what you do so much in daily and as a profession, you forget that as you're um, passing on your knowledge to others, things that you assume, well, of course you have to make a contact list, of course you have to do a production schedule, things that people don't know about or aren't aware of or some of the the basics, which continually always surprises, amazes me, and puts a smile on my face of um, how much the little things, like a contact list for event management, is a big standard.
1: I agree. Uh, You know what, and that's a really good reminder because um, where I am right now, and we had Jennifer Pelamon last week, and she's had four and a half years of work experience, and that was something that we had talked about. Like, what does she know at four and a half years, almost five, that mm-hmm. she really didn't know when she graduated? And it was just—it's still a night and day. And every time you do something, you're learning more, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, to be intentional, this was like—you know—I've been talking with all of the the students with me. Um, This term because I know my time with them is getting like shorter, you know, it's always getting shorter and it's so when they move on to something else they can and I want to make sure that I hopefully am imparting good wisdom to them. So it's like be intentional, think about what you're doing, make sure that you know, whatever it is, purpose, we talked about that earlier, um, hustle, which is something that you shared, be intentional, look around to see what can be done. These are all really great things, but it's, it's kind of amazing to me that we get used to being complacent very quickly instead mm-hmm. of being very active. And I think being proactive and active is the key takeaway here. I think that would be something I would hope that they they know is like don't just just go with the flow don't do the status quo you know be the one that stands out I think that's uh, a mistake in middle and high school students try to um to fit in when they really need to stand out because by the time you're graduating you have to stand out that's how you get a job you know, if you're trying mm-hmm. to look like everybody else, then you're not going to stand out. Exactly. Mm.
2: Yeah, completely agree with that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, let's see. I want to make sure um, you've worked with all of these different interns, and every every time that we work with them, it's always different. Um but yet mm-hmm. there's, there's things that are the same, but there is something different. So this crew, what do you think is different? It wasn't a question you were prepared for. But um, what do you think is different with this crew that we had from the previous crews?
3: Um, they're, they're much more attentive and definitely into their um, different positions. I know we've got a, one of the... Uh, One person is over food and beverage, one is uh, assisting with activations, one is for the volunteers. They're very much active in their roles and interested versus it's a task to do to get through the program. And that's the biggest difference is, is
1: their interest. Yeah, I would agree with you. I definitely would. I think that. And so just so you guys know, the guys sitting across the table from me and our listeners, um, we're getting ready to do TEDx Orlando this weekend. So super excited about it. This is what we've all been working towards is this big TED event at full sale. I think there's one more ticket, paid ticket, that's still available. Otherwise, we're, like, completely sold out. And we're going to have an astronaut there as a speaker. We're going to have a refugee from Syria. We're going to have somebody wow. from Orange County Public Schools talking about what it was like when um, Hurricane Maria hit the schools and all the influx of the students and families that had to come in here. The theme is home, and that's significant. Um, They've all been working like crazy, you know, managing the volunteers, sending out, you know, countdown week, you know, here's what's happening this weekend or this week, um, going out to the Companies that are coming in for our activation stations. Um, we're still finalizing a few things on the side of event management. Um, we have food that we're still having to make sure that is, um, you know, in place. And so Shay is taking care of the food. Adriana's in charge of the activation stations. Andy's got the um the volunteers, and then Megan is the one that's going to be with you and Mm -hmm. running around like crazy i'm sure with the rest of us to make sure the guests think that it's seamless and there's nothing nothing wrong exactly yeah and it should be it should be very smooth but we're very excited about this and i know they're looking forward to it today they got their t-shirts and they are thrilled about that They're big TEDx Orlando (laughs) t-shirts. So we talked about what we were going to be wearing and going through um, more of the to-dos. It's it's counting down, and it gets even more, more to-do. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Back on track here. So what would you tell your 20-year-old self? um, In this case, we talk with people that are in their 20s. What would you tell them about going to school? What wisdom would you want to pass on to them?
3: I think it's just to kind of reiterate what I said before is jump. Um, if you've got the gusto to go and do things up, move, travel, do it. Take that chance um, instead of sitting still. Like I said, some people it's perfectly fine to stay at a position for 20 years and move up the ladder. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you really want to see the different and unique things that are out there, just Jump. Don't, don't be afraid to, and um, you're aware, you have your wisdom with, with things you should and shouldn't, um, but also I'll put a little side here note for our younger viewers, make sure you save your money. <laughs> Every single yeah. paycheck you have, make sure you put aside savings for your retirement, because I know a lot of kids aren't thinking about that now, um, yep. but that is one of the big things you can do as well, other
1: than jumping, because jumping costs, yeah. make it sure,
3: sure does. you save as well.
1: Yeah, traveling always costs. There's a big movement to work, you know, mo- work remote to travel and be able to have the best of both. There's a company that does allow people to do that. I had shared that with Laura Gallagher, who's also a speaker at the TEDx. She's been doing that. It's three thousand dollars a month to go to a different country, oh, and they wow. give you a place to stay. They give you Wi-Fi. They have a lot of trips lined up for you, so you can experience that country. Um, they help you make sure that you've got your airfare between all of the, you're in a different country every month for 12 months. And so it's the best way to study abroad. And so when you're saying jump, is that what you're suggesting is like, take advantage of something like that and work remote not very easy to do in event management though. Right. I, um,
3: Personally, I wouldn't take something that that's that long a duration unless you're committed to it, but short little spurts here and there that change your career and your direction. Um, But absolutely, everything's on the table to um, new adventures because not many people do the big, huge events. There are a – Weddings. I shouldn't say click – but it's a, um, it's a unique group of people, and you see the same people over and over again because they, they know what it is. They know the long hours. They know the challenges,
0: but they love doing it. Right. Yeah, it seems to be the most important thing.
1: So you've seen a lot of innovation because your industry is one that probably um, has embraced innovation, and you've seen it. What is that? Historical timeline of innovation look like for you in event management? Um, something that we were all talking about
3: earlier, um, I know it sounds uh, a little odd, but it brings to light back from Disney. We were all doing sh- big, huge shows back then without cell phones, without everybody being on email. So to think about the big, huge events that have been going on through the years. With technology and the lack of technology, sometimes actually technology gets in the way because there's too much going on, and you forget about the people in the process versus what's Mm -hmm. the newest tech, even though it's the latest and the greatest. But you come back around to events. It's people. It's the relationship with your vendors. It's relationship with your producers. It's relationship with your attendees that makes it great. Tech's going to come and go. But you've got to have that foundation. So sometimes innovation isn't always the best when you're talking tech. It's how to create teamwork.
1: Oh, I agree with that. I think so. And so one to. of the things that I think people take technology for granted is, you know, when I'm working with students, I go, okay, phones die. Sometimes you don't have power cords. You may not be able to have your laptop with you. What are you going to use to make sure you're taking notes? And so I'll tell them, write everything down. Just get in Mm -hmm. the habit of writing it down because then you would at least have that. And if you lose it, you've backed it up to your technology, then you have the best of both. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a place between um, old school and technology. That's a good thing. I think you also
0: retain knowledge differently, whether you write it or type it. Because like throughout college, I wrote all my notes. I know I didn't type my notes. I never Mm
2: -hmm. take my laptop to class. I retain more information just by writing. I do, too. I also don't like to rely too much on technology when it comes to those things. It's a great asset. I agree. But I I believe you should use it as a tool and not depend on it for every little single thing you do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you are in the women in aviation. And I remember when I met you last year, you're (laughs) going, I want to go and fly. I want (laughs) to learn how to fly. And doggone it. You did that. So tell us about that.
3: (laughs) I'm actually still in process. There's a couple ways of doing it. Um, uh, You can uh, study and take flying licenses at the same time, or you can study and get your written exam done and then do an immersive um, two- to three-week class of just flying to get it done. Right now, I am still studying because I want to take my two weeks immersive and just fly It came about from uh, my best friend got involved with it, became a sports pilot, and we went flying um, first when his Avid, uh, which, and I I say this, it's an enclosed cockpit because what I'm going to tell you next, his next aircraft we went flying in is a super drifter where there is not a cockpit. So you are literally hands out touching the wind, the sky, the clouds. It is the most amazing feeling um, at 3,000 feet, just the beautiful sky and the peace. And the most amazing thing was how fast you're going. It really seems like everything's going by so slow. It's just magical. So what I did is I got involved with our local chapter of Women in Aviation International, which meets once a month down at Atlantic Airport. We have an amazing group of women um, powerhouse from female Uh, United Airline Mechanics to people that work at the FAA, uh, retired FAA managers, those that work with special events at the airport, uh, to just uh, enthusiasts. We have drone specialists. And what's beautiful about our group about women in aviation, it's not only open to women, it's men. It sets us apart that you don't have to be a pilot yet. Um, Everybody is welcome and involved. And just the innovation of these women to bond together. There are only 7% of the 700,000 pilots in America that are women. And as most of you know, there is a shortage of pilots that is coming up in retirement here very shortly in the next 10 years. So there's a huge scramble for pilots, male and female. So the, the industry is making it more likable, not only for female pilots, but all the different Careers, mechanic, um, customer service. uh, uh, There's just so much more than just being a pilot, but it's just an amazing association.
0: I didn't realize we were on the cusp of a change with all the retiring pilots.
2: Yes, that is absolutely. I never even contemplated that
0: before. Yeah, because... Exactly.
3: Boarding. In the next 10 years, I believe, don't quote me, we're going to lose maybe 20,000 pilots. Oh, wow. wow. It's don't quote me on the number, but I can tell you what's been quoted is that some airlines, their flight schedules will be affected and lessened because there will not be not enough pilots to handle it.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, do you learn how to jump out of an airplane? Is that like, and, and I'm serious. Like, <laughs> don't they teach you, like, what happens at that. the I plane, think, whatever? I that. I'm not ready to do that. I, that would be my first question. Yeah, I want to learn how to fly, but are you going to teach me how to jump out of the plane in case? No. Okay, that, we, we don't, that would don't be jump my, out I'm not going up in school. the plane <laughs> with you, Chris, unless I know how to jump out of the plane. We, we
3: train how to land safely in all situations. Yeah. That's okay, what i, I think
1: hope for. That's a I think that's the goal. Jumping out of the no, plane, no. Out. You guys, she's an event planner. She told us earlier that you're prepared for all things and stuff happens. So right. if stuff happens, it can available? happen on a plane. Yes,
3: you, you can have a parachute available if you'd like. Okay, right. yeah. I'm going to want
1: to have that for sure. And I'm <laughs>
2: guessing you just take the leap and then open the parachute. Uh, no, my
1: hands easy, are going to be but... on the things that say pull now. And I know I'm supposed to count to 10 and then like pull. Well, <laughs> then what then are I, they
0: supposed to teach you?
1: I, I don't know. But I just need to know where is that parachute and how do I get out of the plane <laughs> that's about to, you know, either explode or whatever. So stuff happens. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, I was wondering, that's, that was the question I wanted to ask you.
0: 'Cause it's technically statistically safer to be in a plane than on a car.
1: I hear that. I believe it too. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe it. I'm not disputing And it. I don't know
0: how to duck and roll out of my car.
1: No, I don't. Well that's, we're that's gonna a good go point. up to our, our quote. So yeah. Matt, read our quote for this week. Our this m- is inspirational our motivational
0: quote. Monday quote. This is from Amelia Earhart. The most difficult thing is the decision to act, the rest is merely tenacity. The fears are paper tigers. You can do anything you decide to do. You can act to change and control your life, and the procedure, the process is its own reward. And I think that ties into what a lot of what you've said yeah, over the course of the, course of the show. Talking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. And there's one of your role models for you.
3: Yeah. Oh, exactly. and
1: you have like two minutes, Chris, two minutes to talk about your inspiring leader. Right.
3: I must give thanks to Gene Columbus, who was my mentor from Walt Disney World. He uh, he had a very special program that was a non-program, if that makes any kind of sense. Uh, it was an unofficial program with Disney where he would take young people who wanted to be stage managers or uh, up-and-coming event managers from the lower ends of the tech division and groom us with various, and I love Gene, he would give us scenarios, unsolvable scenarios to come back and Write uh, out, discuss with him, and then he would quiz us. Well, what if this happened? And that's not available. I mean, he really okay, made you Okay, did I think. not just
1: do that on the plane? <laughs>
3: the <laughs> and he would explode. groom us. And it wasn't just me. He did this for 30-plus years. Wow. There are so many people, so many of us ex-Disney people, that call him dad. He is an amazing, amazing gentleman. He is now uh, the director at the Orlando Record Theater. He just gives and gives of his heart. I I just can't say enough to, to those that are up and coming. Find a mentor. Find somebody who is willing to take the time to help, to listen, to guide. That person is just priceless.
1: Yeah, that's a true definition of what a servant leader is. And he sounds like he was doing that. A servant leader knows it's not all about them. It is about those that it's about other people. And so he was investing in all of you, it sounds like. And he understood that that's probably how you leave the legacy.
3: Exactly. And that's exactly what he is. He is a living legacy, a selflessness, giving and joy.
1: Mm. Well, very nice. Very he sounds like indeed. a yeah. very nice man to meet and to get to know. Not just nice, but like somebody I would really like to get to know. Okay, sounds? so we are going to be... Do we have transition music right now? Because we're well, supposed after, to be doing yeah, our... After we read we, the
2: second sponsor. Okay, we, we so go ahead to, and do that. Go
0: ahead, All right, we'd like to thank our second sponsor of the night, Create the Movement. Creating a movement takes two things, the right people and the right message. Finding the right people takes laser focus and extensive research. Crafting the right message requires in-depth market knowledge and constant tweaking. It's not about thinking outside the box. It's about knowing what your box is made of and using it to your advantage. Thank you, createthemovement.com, for sponsoring the Intern Whisperer Live.
1: Big thanks to Valencia College. This is ten months we've been here at Valencia College doing the Intern Whisper, and I'm so thankful and grateful to be at this campus and to be a part of it. So we're in this really great studio with lights on or lights off. <laughs> um, we have John, uh, Q, who is our station manager, John. His name is also John, but Q. And I want to always acknowledge him. Thank you for just letting us come in here and making our show. It plays a second time, so thanks to that. Um, I want to make sure that we have time for shout-outs. So, Matt, you're up first. What's your shout-out? Who's it to?
0: Um, I may have already shouted out to him, but my friend Brendan just moved to Utah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's trying to meet meet new friends he's because he took that leap in his career and now there he's got to go. meet new people and like
1: what we we're just talking yeah, about.
0: yeah so he's just having that struggle right now and i hope it turns out positively for him
1: yeah that's brave that's really it's brave. really brave right. abby
2: well, well uh, i think
1: shout out over yeah here. of course
2: uh shout <laughs> out to my grandmother back in puerto rico uh i love you thank you for tuning in and uh, also a quick shout out to a buddy of mine, Sebastian, whose birthday was yesterday. He turned 22. Oh, Yeah, he probably, he's probably not listening to this right now, but happy birthday, dude. Mm, maybe. And, we'll and also listen. a quick shout out to you, Chris. Thank you for being on the show. This has been a very pleasant conversation.
1: Thank you. Yep. Okay, so Chris, who are your shout outs to?
3: To ideas here in Orlando, Bob Allen and my team working on a new project with them with Airbus, with Flightworks Alabama. They are an amazing creative tier, team here in Orlando.
1: Very nice. And my shout-outs go to my Intern Pursuit uh, software team in Argentina and here, the game team, the also all of the interns that I get to work with this term And tonight's guest. And I'm going to give a shout out to Don also. Thank you very much, Don, for just uh, getting people to watch our show and also being so consistent. Thank you. So we're getting ready to wrap up our show. And people can contact us at 321-422-2166. That's the office number. Um, Info at internpursuit.tech. And then they can also find us on any of our social channels and listen to us on uh, mixLR.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow the Intern Whispers. So thank you for listening to us. All
2: right.
0: All right.
1: Well, thank you all for for being here.
0: Thank you you for listening. Good night.
1: Good night.